Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, this sucks. Yeah, I get lost in there for sure. So, so how, how was uh, how was your season? Um, you know, for me, it was kind of slow, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I'm basing it off of my last 15, 20 years of hunting. Um, and I didn't go on nearly as many hunts as I normally would. And... Um, I threw up a couple of goose eggs this year too. <laughs> so for, for a very long time, I was, you know, 80, 85% or better um, at filling tags and just as, I don't know, this last year just didn't go my way a lot. So um, yeah, I started off the year. My first hunt was going to be California blacktail in July. And I never ended up going, um, Honestly, mainly because I was really busy at work, but also because Charles, my my hunting partner, um, he wasn't able to go. And I go with him yeah. when I go there because that's where he lives. Um, so that didn't work out. Then my second hunt, I was going to hunt here in the early season in Arizona. Again, just too busy with work. Couldn't make it happen. But I also got a uh, New Mexico antelope tag. Right. It's a three-day hunt. It's, you know, three-day rifle hunt. I mean, you can hunt it with any weapon you want uh, below a rifle, obviously. But, um, yeah, so I was like, all right, well, I got this hunt, so things are crazy at work. I'm not going to do the deer hunt here in Arizona. And I went on that hunt. It was successful. I tagged out the first day. It was I, I don't even know that I would call it hunting, to be honest with you. And I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I don't really see 
antelope hunting with a rifle as hunting. <laughs> it's the craziest thing because antelope with the bow is probably one of the most hardest animals to kill with an with archery equipment, especially if you're spot stock. Yeah, you could sit on water, you could sit in ground blinds, and it's you know it's not terribly uh, difficult. It's you know, long hours, sweating your nuts off, that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's not, a, if you're going to sit on water, it's not a hard, that hard of a hunt. But spot and stalk is probably one of the toughest critters out there to run, you know, to chase after. Yeah. Uh, but with the rifle, they become like literally like one of the easiest. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was just driving around in a truck and looking for animals to get out and shoot. Like that's how, that's how it felt to me. It was yeah, the first time I've first time I've ever hunted one with a rifle. I've I've killed six previously to this one, um, all with a bow. All of them except for one with spot stock. I did one on I shot on a water hole, um, and uh, yeah, it was I was very dissatisfied. Just yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. It was just something about it I didn't like it. Again, I hope I'm not offending anybody because. Well, I mean, it, I've been. I've we don't have antelope here in BC, so we have to hunt in Alberta. You got to build up points, and then you got to get hosted. So I, I've had I had the opportunity going out there once, and that was in 2020. Uh-huh. And we we did archery spot and stock, and it was a fucking grind, man. It was dark. We hunted early September. It was from dark till dark, man, and we were crawling in the. We were crawling in the fields and right man i was covered in cactuses and like it was tough i ended up getting one it took about it took a week yeah man. it was a lot of fun but i was starting to get pretty frustrated because there was a lot of blown stocks but yeah it is well, that's the greatest thing about antelope they're actually one of my favorite animals to hunt because it's it's sun up to sundown like yeah. it's not like hunting deer or elk where you know, you got the first few hours in the morning and the last few hours in the evening where it's like prime time and then everything else in between. It's like, I mean, for lack of better terminology, a toss up. It's not really a toss up, but, you know, it's just uh, they're a fun animal to pursue because they're they hide in the wide open. So you get yeah. a lot of at bats, you know, you get a lot of stalks in it's yeah. I tell people all the time, you want to learn how to stalk you, you go hunt antelope and Cause you learn how to use a terrain, yeah. you know, take these really wide, crazy circles yeah. around to get the wind and the, and get the terrain right. So you can make it happen. And, um, yeah, they're a great animal. Like I said, one of my favorites to hunt with a bow and probably will never do it again with a rifle. That was yeah. just, yeah, it's action packed all day, man. It's a long day. And like, even when you're hunting, like if you're hunting goat or sheep, you spend a lot of time you're hunting all day but it's not the same. Like you're glassing, you're doing a lot of glassing, a lot of right. spotting. like, so you're sitting on your ass a lot of the time, but like with those antelope, at least in Southern Alberta, and I'm sure it's probably similar down there is like, like you said, you can make a move on an antelope, right. And you can blow it, but then 10, 15 minutes later, you're at it again. Yeah, exactly. Next. Yeah. Next. Let's go. Let's, let, yeah. <laughs> let's go find the other one. No, that didn't work out. Let's go find the next one. That's what that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's what i love awesome. about it it's, it's yeah. fantastic you don't feel bad that you blow a stalk you're like all right cool man. yeah let's move yeah. on to the next one well you know well that's one thing too is because like i've i mean when you especially up here in british columbia you hunt like mule deer mm-hmm. and you blow a stalk you might not see another mule deer again yeah that's he that's and, and that sucks yeah like you blow and, a stalk that's it that would they're 
Don't you might get one or two opportunities in the whole hunt, and you know, yeah. and well, that's with it. antelope, it's like okay, next, next, yeah. like try and choose. That, that's the best part about antelope. It's definitely designed yeah, for somebody who's new to hunting too, because you you you're not going to be as affected by uh, not getting something. Yeah, your first couple of tries or whatever, like. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like I said, you just have a lot of at bats. It's good. It's a great hunt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, it's fun. Yeah. And then after that, I had, I had a tag in Colorado, a draw. Uh, I drew a, a tag that I had been waiting, I think, seven, seven years to draw, something like that for an elk. Uh, went there. The, I was there for a total of eight days. The first five days were actually the first evening. I had action, but I wasn't up. We had a, uh, uh, my buddy, uh, Jermaine was kind of hosting me there. Cause, uh, it's an area that he knew I put in with him and he had another friend from North Carolina there who had never been out hunting before. And it was his last night. Right. So, you know, I wasn't about to go step in front of this guy who had been there for 10 days and still hadn't, still hadn't gotten an elk. Um, so that first night we, uh, we had some action and I know in my heart of hearts, if I was the trigger man, I definitely, I definitely an arrow would have been sent. I don't know if I would have got one, but definitely an arrow would have been sent, uh, that first night. And then I had another like brief opportunity, like on the third evening hunt, um, we were doing some blind calling setups and, this is like right in my wheelhouse. Cause I do a lot of the, uh, a lot of coyote calling and stuff like that with the right. bow. And I'd shoot a lot of coyotes with the bow. Um, so I, I'm usually very good about putting myself in a position that I got the right shooting lanes and I sat up, I, I got set up there and it's so crazy because in my head, when I first got there, I was like, I need to set up facing to my right. I need to face this way. And, and then I was like, eh, let me, let me turn like, I don't know. I think I moved like 15 degrees more to my strong side, which would be to my left. So, cause I wanted to be able to see uphill better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if I'm looking uphill, I'll be able to see him coming down if he comes from up there. And I got these little jack pines to my right. So if he does come from the right, I'm not going to, I'll be able to move. Well, he came from, from up top and from the right, both <laughs> like from that, from that, that angle. And I think he caught me moving because I had to turn my body to oh, draw, yeah. to shoot to my right, because I, I couldn't twist around. I wouldn't have been able to twist around enough uh, the way I was seated to shoot him. And he must've saw, saw me moving and I was at full draw and he stopped behind one of those jack pines I was talking about. Oh. And he just, sat there and looked through the pine at me for, I don't know, felt like forever, but it's probably like 45 seconds. Um, and then, uh, he just turned around and yeah. scurried back up the way he came. So I never had, I never, never sent an arrow. Um, and then it really didn't heat up until like the last two, two, three days. We I had some man, me and Jermaine one morning was, I think it was the second to last morning. Um, we really got into it. They were, the elk were bugling everywhere. There was nice. big herd of cows. 
and we did everything right like just snuck in there was right as the light was just getting light enough to see i moved ahead um he dropped back to call for me because he's like i got the rest of the season man i'm gonna you know focus on you um so he dropped back and he was bugling doing his thing and um the herd bull he just kept answering back just answering back answering mm-hmm. back and i could see him moving around up on, like on the ridge back and forth he's probably he was under 200 probably like maybe even like 150 yards from me and i started letting out some uh calf chirps and you know just soft muse and stuff and here comes this satellite bowl straight down the friggin' hillside right at me and i'm sitting in these like aspens and um and he's coming and i come to full draw and all of a sudden out of nowhere he stops and he's and he's behind this of course he stopped behind a little tree because if he had oh, stopped he was already in range he was at 40 yards uh if he had stopped in the open i would have been able to take a it would have been a quarter and two shot at this point, but I still would have been able to take a shot. He stops and he's staring. I thought maybe he was looking at me and then I'm like, no, he ain't looking at me. He's looking like further to the, my left than behind me. And I'm like, he must be, he must see Jermaine and I'm thinking of my head or I don't know what the hell's going on. Right. Or maybe he got my wind. Anyway, he just turns around and runs back up the hill. I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, I'm like, and I look behind me and I see Jermaine moving and oh. he didn't see that what he was trying to do is he was trying to slide uh-huh. because i w- he was on the downhill side of the like this knob that i was on um and he was trying to slide around to call that herd bull across me right you know so he'd never seen that bull and of course he got caught walking you know, you know moving and didn't he didn't know it would suck so that that went had a couple of more opportunities in the last morning we were out man. it was so foggy like so foggy that my rangefinder wasn't working and we were on we were on a bull from sun up probably to about 11 a.m and just i had multiple encounters i shot at him my rangefinder gave me the wrong range um wasn't giving me a range so i just guessed and i yeah. guess wrong. I shot over his back and then um i had another opportunity and it was so foggy he had this branch covering him and i shot again and i could see and the freaking arrow hit the branch and uh-huh. flipped up over him like it was so foggy he didn't even know what was going on he just ran up like 50 yards and was <laughs> in some thicker stuff and i just never could get another shot on him oh that's too bad uh, it was it was nuts it was it was a good time we had you know, like I said, I had opportunities. See, this is what was killing me for this whole season is because I created opportunities and I still, I still didn't make it happen. You know, it's like one thing when you don't have opportunities, like, yeah, I, know I don't know. Some people say that's better. Like if you don't have opportunities, it's better. For, it's definitely better on your ego because you could blame it on something. It's not your fault. <laughs> right. But I had nothing to blame but myself. I kept, you know. All say all makeable situations, but I just I just kept making you know rookie mistakes. You know, 40, 40 plus years into hunting here, I still make rookie mistakes. Well, I, I don't think um, that that ever goes away, though, does it? You know I, I mean? Probably not. If it does, you probably wouldn't hunt anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there was that, and then uh, right after that, I got home. I was home for four days, and I had drawn a moose tag in Montana. Yeah. 
which uh, I think I was in my 17th year of applying or something like that, 14 to 17. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and see if I have it written down in my notes. But it, it was quite a number of years, but I still didn't even have a chance with that many points. I had like 1.6% chance or something when I looked it up. Really? And uh, yeah, so miraculously I drew it. Uh, I wasn't even aware that Montana had a random draw for those species, but apparently I guess they do because the, there's no, I was not anywhere near a max pool. So um, somehow, some way I, I, I drew that tag uh, and it was a epic hunt in a lot of ways, but a lot of ways it was very uh, much a letdown because it just happened so fast. Like anybody, you know, you wish for that. Like you wish to go and just show up and everything go right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, why can't things just go right? You know? Yeah. Well, it did. It went right. Everything went absolutely right for me. So building up like this, without going again too deep in the weeds on this story, but like go, getting it uh, up on like to the point Obviously, I found out that I got the tag, but after that, I was like in scramble mode because I didn't find out. This is the other thing. Okay, I got to back up a little bit. So I didn't know I got this tag. I found out a couple of months after they they let us, you know, after the tag results came out because I went onto Montana's website to go purchase my bonus points. And I'm like, it said, oh, you got a, a $1,600 bill an unpaid bill. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh shit, I drew a freaking tag. You know, like, okay, cool. You know, and then I looked into it, I'm like, oh, it's a moose tag. Oh my God. I was like doing backflips. But Dude, it wasn't until July. I was in, it was like July. And I found out that I was going moose hunting in September. Well, it's a good thing you found out because imagine checking it out in like October and you found out. You well, here's the thing. I would have found out if I didn't pay it soon, that tag would have went back Oh, and when it went to the, the next person and I would have oh, lost the tag. Oh, dude. Could you imagine that? Oh, I drew a moose tag, but guess what? You didn't get it because you're a schmo and didn't update your credit card. Well, and you see that it's difficult because like where we come from, you just go buy moose over the counter. So it's right. not, it's not a huge deal. But for you guys, I mean, moose is one of those things where, you, you know, you just, you don't get them every year. You, it's a very limited, like you said, you've been drawing for it for 17 years. So yeah yeah that's crazy yeah i mean it's it's my third it was my third moose hunt i had been to canada and i got to hunt in idaho on an indian reservation i got invited by their tribe to go hunt but i only hunted for like three days i never saw a moose um and in canada i never saw a legal bull where did Just, you go up here i was um by caroline oh okay town yeah. was called bc yeah. Right. That's, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was shitty because I was the, and I and I cut that. I had to cut that hunt short. I was a ten day hunt, and I think on day six I had to come home. My father in law had a heart attack. Oh, I see. Yeah, bummer. it was yeah. So, but so anyway, you 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 found your good thing you uh you checked because yeah. So I found that anyway, I found out I got the moose tag. So I'm scrambling, I'm calling everybody, everybody I know that's from Montana. I'm calling outfitter friends of mine. I'm calling 
uh, you know, I called Remy Warren, I called Jason Matzinger, I called these, uh, all these guys. I'm like, like, I have no freaking clue. Like what, where to even begin. So, you know, I was just trying to get Intel. Yeah. Now here's the other thing. I got nobody who could go with me and I'm like, shit, I don't even have anybody. I was like, even just if I had a cameraman, cause I'm going, this is like grizzly country and you know, not someplace I really want to hunt by myself. Um, but I got a hold of a guy who was friends with another guy and he put yeah. me together with this other guy. And he's like, listen, I'm a, you know, primarily a deer guy here. And I, and I hunt birds, but we see moose all the time. I have a cabin that's right in the middle of your unit. And, uh, I have a guide that guides for me part-time doesn't guide moose here in Montana, but he guides moose in Alaska. So he knows how to call Mm -hmm. at least it's better off than me being by myself i'll take it let's do it you know because i wasn't getting anywhere nobody could help me out nobody could go with me and i was like it wasn't i didn't want to squander that tag you know Mm -hmm. i was like i just i'd rather have somebody with some knowledge some knowledge right yeah definitely well leading up to that hunt he's like man the night before his guide called me and he, and I spoke to him and both of them gave me this like gloom and doom story. Like, you know, there's no, we are not, we're not seeing it. You know, we saw a couple of mooses, a couple of moose, um, cow and a calf. And I got some trail cameras out. We seen one bull. Um, and he's not, you know, he's like a bullwinkle, you know, just oh, yeah, yeah. barely look like a moose. And, uh, just man i don't know like he was almost talking me into canceling the freaking trip but i was like oh my god you know finally got a tag finally gonna go moose hunting in in the lower 48 and and now this is happening you know what my wife's like listen just go yeah you know um you'll make it happen anyway so i go on the trip and the first morning we get out we go down and we park on this logging road and we will hike, you know, maybe 300 yards. I don't think, I think, I think we were like 300 yards from the truck and there's this little, like little tiny trail that goes down through the trees. It goes down to the, where these beaver ponds are at. Oh, it's like, we're going to go down here. We're going to yep. do some, you know, blind calling setup. Um, this is where that little boat was on the camera that we had. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's go down there. Let's, you know, um, he's like, we'll set up there. We'll call for about an hour or whatever. And then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll move to another spot. All right. So we're getting, I'm like five yards down this trail. And then we, I'm like, I hear splashing and I turn around and look at him and he goes, that's a moose. And I'm like, yeah, I, can, I could tell him like, that sounds like, you know, something's yep. frolicking. I'm like, yep. it's either that or a grizzly bears just splashing around in the water down there. <laughs> so I kind of moved down another five, six yards. And I, now I could kind of like see through the trees and I got my binos and I'm like, I'm looking through, looking through. And I see a calf. I'm like, all right, well, there's a calf, calf down there. And, um, so I'm, I'm like slowly moving down. All of a sudden I hear a cow, you know, moaning, doing yep. the, yep. you know, yep. I'm like, oh shit, she's calling down there, right? <laughs> we don't even have to call. She's calling. Anyway, so I'm making my my way down to the edge, the waters. And this little trail is maybe 70 yards from the, that logging road, like before it meets up with the, nice. you know, it's nothing. Um, 
anyway, so I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's starting to open up and it's going to come to the water's edge and I could see the cow and I kind of squat down. I'm looking, looking where my bios, I look across the beaver pond and I see an ass and I'm like, Oh, that's a bull. That's a hundred percent a bull. I can see the hump on its back. Yeah. All of a sudden it lifts its head up and I can see the rack and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's a bull. And he's a good bull. Right. I'm like, all right. So I told him, I'm like, cause he was behind me a little bit. So yep. he backs up even a little bit more and he starts beating shit out of a tree. And, uh, then he starts grunting and, and then hit the tree again and grunt and hit the tree again. And all of a sudden that bull just loses his mind because we were way closer to him to the cow than he was. Yeah. So and in my head is what I'm like, if this was elk hunting, this is what I would be doing right now. We're doing what I'd be doing because we're closer to the cow. Let's get him pissed off. Yeah. Let's talk to the cow. So he, I'm like, Oh, first, at first I thought he was taken off. He like jogs up and I'm like, Oh shit, he's running away. And they're like, Oh no, he's going to this patch of trees. He goes to this other tree. He starts yeah. like totally abusing the hell out of this tree. And, um, then he let out some cow sounds and started grunting like really intense, like, rrr, 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 like mm-hmm. rapidly. He lost his mind. He comes, he jumps off the bank that he's in, like dives into this beaver pond, which I would have never guessed is this deep. He's literally like up to his neck, waiting across this thing, comes over the beaver dam, comes tramp, you know, trampling down the beaver dam and, and into this lower pond that was what was in front of me and where the cow was at. And I just ranged at the cow and the cow was at 50 and he stops behind her about five yards, quarter and two. I'm like, screw it. I'm just taking a shot now. I just drew back because my window from left to right was very narrow because I was still back in these trees. Mm -hmm. So if they kept going more to the right, I would have definitely had to get up and move around. And, you know, I don't know. I know they don't have the greatest eyesight, but I didn't want to get caught. And I'm, and I was confident in my, my shot and my setup. And I, so I zipped him at 55. I shot for 55 and he goes running to my right. So I jump up, load another arrow and I run down to the water's edge. And it was like a three tier mm-hmm. of beaver ponds. Yep. Like originally he was on the upper one. So he's on the second highest pond right now on this other beaver did. And she's standing behind him. And now, so when I shot him, he was facing to my quartering to me, to my right. Yeah, and now he's quartering. Right, he, now he's broadside to my and facing left. Yeah, gotcha. so if I shoot him again, I'm gonna I'm hitting him on the opposite side. Well, he turns like because um, Connor was the guy who was with me. He grunted and he stopped and he took one little step and now he's quartering facing quartering to me at seventy. Yeah, I think it was sixty-seven. That's what it was at actually. So I just, I mean, I know I already had him shot him good the first time. So I shot again. And when I shot, he kind of jumped the string a little bit. He like lunged forward. Yeah. So I hit him in the liver quartering two, and it came out his hip and kept going. Um, yeah. I was super impressed, super impressed with, uh, shooting the iron wheel single bevel. Um, oh yeah. I knew they did really well on the elk hunts that I had previous that I hunted with them, but you know, to shoot a moose, it's, almost 70 yards and get a pass through and it's coming out its hip like which is you know all dense stuff yeah uh, and to get a pass through a 55 yards quarter and two i mean here and it came out you know yeah and then i couldn't find the arrow i mean it was 
off in the weeds somewhere they took off the second hour we found but um yeah so then he ran and he literally ran back to where i first saw him laid down and died oh yeah 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 blood nice yeah that's a good experience man seven trips of packing out but thank god it was (laughs) super short i mean the only crappy part is that i literally had to walk on a beaver dam in and out the whole time and i was wearing uh like these coverall things over my boots that are like knee high. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, well, that's one thing about hunting moose and you get into those, to those places. Harsh. A lot of times you're, yeah, you're in hip waders, you know, chest waders sometimes. And yeah, sometimes it's a lot further than 70 yards to the back. to the well, that, That's what I was expecting. I was like, shit, we're going to, cause while I was in Colorado, I've seen eight different bull moose. Eight. Wow. And five of them were world-class bulls. It was like, oh my God, how many bulls? And they were all at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I got a freaking pack out of moose. Oh my God, it's going to be like five mile pack out, six mile pack out in elevation with a moose on my back. Like, this is going to suck. Yeah. And here, you know, I shot the bull and we had him packed out into the truck before noon. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better thing. Like, it, it was so like, I almost, like I said, I almost felt like eh, I, I, I missed out on the experience. I missed out on the suck, you know, yeah. where's the suck, you yeah, know, you so that you could, the misery of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can appreciate it more. Right. And I didn't, I, I just feel like I was like, oh, I didn't get a chance to appreciate it. I had a bear tag in my pocket. Um, so I stayed in an extra two days and we went glass with bears. We, I seen one bear, but it was a little, little bear. Uh, and uh, I just called my trip came home early you know i didn't yeah, i couldn't yeah. stay sh- my wife was like yeah stay if you want to i'm like yeah no it's all right i'll just come home yeah and then, uh save those extra days for when you need them yeah well i knew i was going to south dakota and i went to south dakota uh as i do every year i usually the the normal thing is i go there hunt five days for myself and then i got a client who comes in for five days and we guide for five days so I'm using there for about uh, 11 and a half days total with travel and all that. Mm. Um, and that was a, that was a crazy hunt for me too. Like that I've been there, I think 11 times and I've tagged out eight out of the 11 times. Um, and I, I didn't, you know, not, ta- I was really, I was really needing to tag out on this because I had such a, I mean, I, my season just wasn't, aside from this, you know, having a cool experience with the moose, I feel like maybe I wasted all my my good karma on the moose, and that's why wow. the rest of my season was the way it was. But, well, you man, know, if you're going had... to waste it on anything, that's mm-hmm. that's what you want to waste it on, is, you know, yeah. a hundred hey, well, lifetime. Yeah, because it's a hunt all lifetime. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the really shitty part about it is that, that moose thing – would end up making it suck is I didn't end up getting the meat. And I think I told you yeah. about the story, right? My, yeah. my buddy's freezer went down and the old meat was spoiled. So it was yeah, like, oh, man. yeah, it was a heartbreaker. Um, yeah. And I don't know how much you want to dive into it, but like South Dakota, it's my happy place. Like, honestly, like I go there, the deer are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're running. You can, yeah. In South Dakota, everything works. Like you go mule deer hunting in the West, you typically you're spot and stalk. There's a couple of tricks and t- tactics that work, but 
over there, it's like, you can do all the whitetail stuff. You can do all the mule deer stuff in the West. Like everything goes like, and it, and it all works. So like, yeah. um, and it's just a fun hunt, man. And I have really good ground there. Uh, I got a great rancher I've been working with for a number of years. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a really excellent hunt. Lots of opportunity. And this year we got there. I had nothing working for us. We had a full moon, which doesn't really always affect them, but it affects them enough that when you're having everything else not go in your direction, it, you can notice it. Um, the full moon, the weather was atrocious. It really was. Um, I got a little bit of frostbite. If that's any indication, got a mild case of frostbite on my toes. Just barely now started to get the full sensation back back in my toes. Um, And the thing, the biggest thing was, so the way it's set up is it's just giant cedar breaks, uh, creek bottom system. Okay. And up on top is all agriculture. So all surrounding. And so down in there is where everything goes to bed. Um, and run around and everything. So, but in the nighttime, they're up in the fields. So what usually happens is the bucks will come up on top, chase some does around the field, they'll eat whatever. And then at some time in the morning, you'll see them cross it back over the fences and drop it down into, into, uh, my least land. Um, so this year, normally I have a little food plot of corn. We have a little bit of winter greens. we got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We had nothing. I had a CRP field. That's it. My neighbors to my right, he's an outfitter. He had corn. So deer were all at his place. The neighbors to my left didn't have anything. The neighbors behind me had corn and across the Canyon, they had corn way back away from, away from the lip of, of my land. Um, so the deer weren't coming back into as much into my, my, the land that I hunt. And it was just, it was frustrating. So the opportunities were lower. Uh, Typically when we're there, I'll see seven to 10 shooters that we have, you know, we have more trip uh, for the whole hunt, you know, but we'll see them multiple times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, well, no, there'll be, there'll be like 10 target deer. Let's put it that way. Like yeah, seven exactly. to 10 tar- target deer. We had three target deer this time. Um, and most of the sightings we saw, they were on the neighbors. No. Well, um, the, I, I had some opportunities, like I said, but the, uh, the biggest buck that I, I really wanted, uh, my, my buddy Charles ended up taking, which was great. Uh, I got to be a part of it help them out sweet sweet hunt not going to get into it if you guys want to listen to it jump on my podcast and go through the whole through the whole hunt but the the big thing for me is that i created these opportunities and i was just like i was like a minute late i was like a dollar short (laughs) or you know what happened to me a couple times that really screwed me up Uh, and it's been happening to me more and more lately as i'm getting older um i wasn't able to draw my bow back because all the extra clothes and when I'm sitting there, like it was so cold that once I get to a certain point, I'm really cold. I don't have the same strength that I normally have. Right. Like I give me a bow right now. I, I draw it back smooth. I, there's no like 
they'll hit yeah, you. Yeah. I don't look like I struggle at all. Um, and then, so what was happening to me is when I have all these clothes on, I get it and I get it to like, literally, I just need to go like three more inches, like, and I can't break it over. Um, and that was happened. That happened to me twice. And one of the, t- uh, actually, yeah, it happened to me twice. The first time it happened, I hurt myself, which made the second time even worse because, you know, um, I really, I had even less strength at that point because I was hurting. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. 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 It's, uh, I've noticed it too, man. I, I just turned 44 and I've noticed, man, everything takes a little, like, I remember when you, like when you're in your twenties, you get injured two days later, you're back. You're, you're good to go. You're, you're right. up and running. You're up and running. And I also find I get cold quicker. Yes. Like cold that, that a just, lot quicker. And I don't know. That I'm started not... happening this year to me. Never yeah. had that ever happen. Actually, I equate, I equate the cold thing. Actually, three things do I equate to COVID. I got COVID last January. And since I've had COVID, that, or since I got COVID in January last year, I have a hard time thinking. Like, even having this podcast with you, like, I'm stumbling on my words because I get, I have really, like, this is brain fog, like, that never went away. Um, and I get tired faster still, even though I, I'm, I still work out. I still, I mean, I'm still doing Still living the same life. Yeah, I'm still living the same life. You know, my eating habits haven't changed. My like, I'm just, I don't know. And yeah. and then the cold, the cold things that like that never happened to me. My wife was making fun of me the other day. She's like, "You're always the one that's making fun of me," and I, I'm not cold, and you're cold. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like freezing. I don't know what's going on." But this morning, I, I mean, it was 32 degrees when my son and I went out, which is cold, but it's not stupid cold in Arizona. As soon as the sun comes up, it warms up pretty quick, you know. Yeah. Um, I got to look up what thirty-two is in in our language here. Oh yeah, Celsius. I forgot. That's zero, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's zero degrees. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it's cold here today. Today we're minus twenty-one Celsius. That's nuts. Yeah, it's fucking cold. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I know what you mean, man. I find I don't know. I had COVID. I think last february but it didn't hit me too hard I, I i had a little bit of a headache and had a bit of a fever and then i was gone i felt fine but i just find as i get older i don't know if i'm getting soft or what but man i just i get cold quick and i hate being cold it never used to bug me as much but now i gotta layer up so much and it's hard because when you're shooting a bow you the more layers you add on the harder it is for the whole process oh, yeah 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 i was wearing one of those heater body suits yeah i got one of those too and uh because it was so cold and it had snowed and everything was so crunchy, like spot and stalk wasn't really an option. So I, I, I kind of switched to an ambush style. I was second to last morning. Uh, no, it was the last, the very last morning. I was sitting in this because South Dakota is so wide open. They they do these um, windbreaks out of cedars, right up on top. So that when they had the cattle up there, the cattle have something to hide behind. And it's always windy, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 25, 30 mile an hour winds, like constantly up there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm in these cedar breaks and I'm not in the cedar breaks. I'm in this cedar wind break. And um, right at first light, these four does cross in front of me and I'm sitting, I couldn't sit Indian style or crisscross applesauce or whatever is politically correct now. Um, 
I couldn't sit like that. Like I would normally sit. I was on the ground in the snow, but in the back, back into the cedar. Um, I couldn't sit like that because my feet would start to go numb and because it's so cold, they would freeze like right away. So I had to sit like with my legs stretched out, which is a very odd position for me. I think, I don't know for, I'm not super flexible that just sitting in like a 90 degree L, like I feel my hamstrings. You hard know? to shoot probably like that. And too. it's I've super hard to shoot from like doing that. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very used to shooting from a seated position. Cause I do it for, like I said, for kayaks all the time, but shooting with my legs like that, I know that's like very, feels very unnatural. There's, like, there's no, leverage to get power to do anything anyway so i'm sitting like that and here comes these four does this one doe stops 30 yards out in front of me and pees and i'm like oh perfect thank you thank you lord i'm gonna make this happen right now and there was a bunch of bucks like on the crp like way out in the crp way off to my right and these does came this way and they were heading towards the bricks and they crossed in front of me she peed and Soon after that goes, I uh, I hear some shots from the neighbor because it was rifle season at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just about there. I picked up the microphone on my radio because I was going to tell the guys because they were sitting back in the truck, you know, drinking coffee uh, and, and watching, making fun of me, basically. <laughs> uh, so I was just radio about the radio to them and tell them that I heard their neighbor shoot. And I hear like this raking, you know, of uh, antlers against a tree. And I'm like, wow, that's freaking close. And I kind of like peered through the tree line that I was in and I could see one of the trees moving like, you know, violently. I'm like, oh, shit, he's like 15 yards from me. So there's a buck there. And so I'm like, okay, well, I unzipped this teeter body suit that came out. But it was still kind of like hanging off my mm-hmm. shoulders like a little bit. Like I wasn't fully out out because, I mean, it was that cold. It was it was like two degrees and I think it was blowing like 15 miles an hour at that point. Yeah, that wind. So early. like I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of time before I would get really cold really fast. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I clip in and I got my rangefinder in my hand and I'm clipped into my bow and I'm holding it, you know, holding it upright, ready to go. And sure shit, here he goes. He pops out. He's 20 yards, 20 yards to my right where he pops out. And I don't want to draw back right here. One, because I'd really have to twist my body to shoot. And two, I don't want him to see me drawing back. So I'm like, I'm going to let him get out in front of me a little bit. And he's, he's like going to be quartering away from me uh-huh. if he keeps going the path that he's going. So I'm like, I'm going to let him get out to like 35 before I shoot. Well, he gets about there. I'm ranging him as he's going. And as soon as I'm like, all right, he's going to, I stopped ranging at 25 and I started counting the steps and I, yeah. I go to draw back and again, I'm stuck. And I'm like, what the freak? I cannot get it back. Like no, nothing I do is making me get this back. So I let down and now I'm like, well, let me try to sky draw because he's looking the other way. And I'm like, and I couldn't do it sky drawing. I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's, that's not good. Well, he never knew I was there and he just ended up walking away. Walking away. So I zip myself back up and I'm just dejected. I'm just freaking absolutely like I can't believe because I mean, I guess if I would have told you all the other all the other things that happened to me, uh, it'd probably make a little bit more sense of I was already feeling terrible about myself. 
And um, again, I'm about to radio to the guys to tell them that that just happened, you know. And I hear another freaking buck breaking a tree just a little bit further down. So now I quickly get onto my knees at this point. Uh And on my knees, I could draw back fine. You know, I'm like, shit, why didn't I freaking think about doing that? You know, the first time I probably, you know, I would have it near the back of the truck already. But anyway, so I, I, I draw back real quick on my knees just to see if I can. And I let down, here comes this freaking buck. He pops out. But problem was the wind started picking up even worse and worse. And he never, he didn't take the same route. And the closest I had him at was like 65 maybe. And I was like, man, it is blowing too much. Oh yeah, that's too much. I don't want to, I don't want to take that shot. Oh, well, yeah, shit happens, man. That's hunting though. You know, right. I guess, (laughs) you know, you get to a point in your life and you're, you get used to things going a certain, but not, I don't expect it. I do never expect to tag out. Matter of fact, I don't expect that I'm not going to tag out, but I didn't expect to have, I didn't expect to have the opportunities that I I created a lot. I, I was very proud given how not great the hunting was this year how many really good clean opportunities i had and i just thought it was every single one of them was me like yeah you know yeah well i mean if it can happen to you it can happen to anyone yeah <laughs> so yeah. well i mean yeah. at least you got your moose yes i got my moose and i got an antelope and that's it well so now i'm going to see if i could try to fill my 2022 tag here in arizona i doubt i will because just because of timing i don't I have a few mornings that I can go hunt, um, but I'm still super busy. I do have a week scheduled to actually go hunting. Um, and Charles is going to be here. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to go with him uh, in January. So hopefully if I don't get one now, I'll get one in January. We'll see. Yeah. Well, hopefully it works out for you guys. Is Charles, is that uh, um, from uh, your partner in Howell there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, forget his last name. Joe. What, what, what? Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. So how's things going with how? Um, you know, we're all, yeah, we're always super busy. Um, hunting season kind of uh, takes us away from that a little yeah. bit, yeah. you know, because it's something that we talked about early on. We're like, we can't forget why we're doing this, right? What? Yeah, exactly. We're doing this because we love to hunt. And yeah well and you got you've got a lot going on too man you got you know you got yeah. podcasts and that and if you still have family life and your businesses and all the hunting you do man it's it's a lot it's a busy yeah. season man it comes and goes quick for sure hard to this is the fastest that. it's ever coming on for me and i yeah. think it's because i just didn't have like i said i didn't have a bunch of hunts planned but um yeah i don't know i don't know it was uh, the bill, you know, bill season is starting to come up here pretty soon. It starts right, right in January and, and typically goes to about April, May, and yeah. then it dies off. Uh, we didn't have that big of a die off this past, this past year. And kind of, we had things going uh, right now. We're working on a grizzly bear project um, in Montana in Montana. Yeah. 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 So, and what in Utah there, they're kind of pulling the Canadian card and trying to take all the guns away. I, I guess yeah they got something going on there there in uh in uh in oregon they passed a um measure 114 
which is a uh, a really bad anti-gun law. And they're basically it's preventing people while they're trying to figure things out. It's preventing people for like a year and a half not to be able to purchase a firearm, even if it's a hunting firearm. Um, and then when it comes, like when that's all figured out, it's going to be the most restrictive gun law in the United States. Do you find that is that's happening more and more down there in the U.S.? That they're yeah, I mean it's done? the political climate right now. You know, yeah. uh, these last couple of years have been. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to start a political war over here, but it's it's very liberal, very mm-hmm. uh, woke mentality going on. Um, and unfortunately all the squeaky wheels that this it's just, it's the few directing the many, which is that the way it should work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we know it better than anyone up here. I mean, the, what the liberals are doing with, with that uh, bill C21, it's, it's crazy. And they keep amending it and they're just adding more and more. And, you know, now they're, right. they're going after, yeah, they're, I mean, they're basically making it, it's going to be so, you know, it's going to be very tricky to hunt if they keep going down this path that they're going. Yeah. So. I don't know. You know, I honestly, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I know that, and I mean, part of the reason why we did how is because we can't keep going down the path that we're going like, no, the, well, and, and that's just it. It's just, you can't keep going down this because it, it starts here. I mean, even if you just like myself, I, I just stick to bow hunting, but it doesn't mean that I want any guns to go away because it's just, it's always going to be something like you and I've talked before. Once it's once they're not going to stop, right. It's once they get rid of this then it's just going to be something else. And it's like this bill C21 came out in Canada and it was a small, and you know, the list was a lot smaller when it first came out and first got passed than it is now. They keep amending it. They keep, you know, doing proposals and adding to it and adding to it. And I mean, like, you know, when does it end? And it, and they say it's to eliminate crime in, in Canada, but I mean, you know, it's, it's not the guys with this, with the, the duck right. hunting guns that are going out, shooting up, that are going up, shoot, like shooting up. Uh, we just had a shooting in Toronto where six people got shot. It wasn't from the guys in Saskatchewan, the duck hunters, um, shotgun, no. right. It's from illegal handguns. Yeah. But that's what they're targeting. They're taking away the guns from the guys that, you know, it's it's in my opinion uh, in, in that forefront it's a way to control the population because right now they can't really they know they can't really control you because there's guns out there right mm-hmm. and they know like I, i'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on right now you know like they know that if they have this malleable docile uh population of people they could get away with whatever the frick they want mm-hmm. and you don't have the means or the ability to rise up yeah and that i mean i know that this country was founded on that like that premise like the second amendment was put in place so that tyrannism would never happen here right yeah but somehow some way they're trying to go that route like mm-hmm. They want, I mean, look at China, like, look at that kind of, they control yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they're, they're, the kids can't even watch something on, on, they control the internet. Like there's, they stop it. Like, I, I mean, that's. Well, it, it's just a bad, like, 
up here we had those uh i don't know if you followed it down there but we had the convoy this trucker convoy that started in british columbia went all the way to ottawa and they were there for a week and they yeah you know i i don't think it was i had i know people that were there and it from talking to them it wasn't as bad as the they had it made it they made it seem on the news but like the people they arrested they arrested the people who organized that protest uh-huh. I, I think they either just got out of jail or they're still in jail and like really? this that was a long time ago and i mean like they're letting sex offenders and you know drug yeah. dealers and and real criminals they're letting them out they're they're allowed out in bail but they denied bail for these people and everything because they scared the government right there's they stood up against the government and they're like well everywhere uh, you look it's that same scenario it just you know it's just painted in a different way but it's the same thing like well if you look at all the things that are happening like now i'm like i'm convinced i wasn't before but i'm convinced that like covid was a social experiment you know like we're gonna put this out there we're gonna see about either controlling the population we're gonna see how how we can pull you know pull strings here like look at the whole world like just like shut down you know because politicians told them that's what they're supposed to do well it's fear right they strike fear into them and then you can mm -hmm. control yeah so i don't know that's a it's a really deep, a little too smart for me. Yeah, me too, man. You, know, you want to talk about uh, hunting mule deer tactics or <laughs> call it or something? I'm, I'm your man, but yeah, I got my opinions. Believe me, I do. But yeah, I'm don't we there. all? I'm just so you a got crazy uh, kid from Brooklyn with the <laughs> with a sinful hat on. <laughs> you, what do you got? What's your what's next year look like for you? Uh, man, I haven't really. I, I, well, I, I have an Idaho elk tag already for next season. Um, excited about that. Um, when do you guys get to put in for your draw for all your draws and stuff down there? Hey, every state's different. So Arizona is going to be, it's coming up. It starts here. At, uh, the deadline is going to be February 14th, I believe, is the deadline. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of nice. You guys get some warning up here. We get, yeah, we get very little warning. We, they come out in May and then. Man, I mean, like June is June. I think the middle of June is the deadline, and you're putting it for draws for like sheep draws uh-huh. in middle of July or you know towards the end of July. So they don't give you a yeah. lot of warning. Um, I just did. I just covered Wyoming because Wyoming's the first. Well, it's weird. Wyoming now did this thing where they like they kind of hold you hostage um, for their elk and elk tags. Basically. You have to put in before January 31st, but you don't find out until June. It's like, well, shit, like how the frame am I supposed to plant? Like, so it used to be, I put it in for Arizona. You find out right away, you know? Uh, and then if I didn't draw here, then I knew, okay, well now I need to apply in this, this state, this state, and this state. And I just, you know, whatever state I, I would, I would keep applying until I got the tag, you know, we're yeah. just talking about elk here right now, but yeah. like it was staggered. Now, I don't know if they did it on purpose. I don't, I can't see the upside of that, them doing it this way, but I'm sure there is some kind of upside, but um, not for us, but for them. Uh, yeah. Like now you can't even do that. So it's except for Idaho because Idaho is a, it's a first come first serve tag. It's right. really, 
everybody bitches about the system, including myself, when I don't get my tag. <laughs> but <laughs> in reality, in reality, it's probably one of the best systems out there because you're kind of you're like rewarded for nah, you can't say you're rewarded for being first online because you're you're not, but you can every year you have a chance to get a tag and every year, you know, right then and there that day, whether you're going hunting. Yeah. See, that's nice. Yeah. That's so it's like, okay, cool. Now I can plan. All right. I already got an elk tag in Idaho this year. So I need one more point in Arizona for the tag I want here. So I'm not really going to apply. I'll probably shoot for the moon, you know, shoot for the stars. And if I draw, you know, like the top of the top tag here in Arizona, okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a group come to Jesus talk with my wife and I'm going to be gone all of September, but, um, you know, but I know now Wyoming, I'm probably just going to go for a bonus point. Montana is going to go for a bonus point. Colorado, just a bonus point because I don't want to draw in those States because right. I already got a tag. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like kind of like one of those situations, but, uh, yeah. So I just covered Wyoming's, um, on my podcast, they, they made some changes. They did some things that were different, um, there's going to be some other changes coming up. Like it's going to be harder to get a tag for an out of state person there. Cause they, uh, they made some different allocations. So those, those people who are sitting on a bunch of points right now, you might want to, might want to cash them in because I think there's going to, you're going to see some point creep, which happened to me like not too long ago. I had enough points to get the tag that I wanted. And then the, the needle moved and, uh, once it moved, I was like, oh, screw it. I'm already in it for this many points. I might as well just wait till I get to this next level and get this next upper tier. Right. Hunt. Does, does that happen uh, a lot when you build up points and then like they keep moving the needle? Up it up can. Up? Yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, essentially you could literally be putting in for that one for. Man, yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain hunts out there. Um, you know, the high, highly desired hunts. I don't even want to say trophy hunts because I'm first off, I'm trying not to use that word anymore, period, just uh, from being in the anti-hunting uh, fighting yeah. world here. But um, the upper tier hunts, like the more uh, desired hunts, there's there's hunts out there. I mean, you could put in for 25, 30 years and never draw that tag. Yeah. It's it's tough, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's, fr- it's frustrating. Uh, especially yeah. sheep. You know, sheep is super tough to draw here in the United States. Um, if you're if you're wanting a sheep, honestly, Arizona is one of the best places. Arizona, um, Montana's got quite a few sheep tags. Uh, Nevada is not bad uh, for desert sheep, but Arizona is great because you have not that the odds of you getting a tag are that great, but you always have a mathematical chance to draw it, right. which a lot of States don't have that component. Um, so we've guided here. I've guided two guys, um, two guys that drew it with like four or five points or less than five points, uh, which is crazy, wow. yeah. crazy. My, my cousin, Anthony, uh, who owns Phoenix shooting bags, I think he had seven points when he drew it. Um, and myself, even myself, I got the random tag, even though I had like 14, 14 or 17 points. I don't remember something a lot, almost as much. Like it was the same similar situation as the moose. I had a bunch, but I really still didn't have 
the max pool to draw it. Oh yeah. Is there any over the counter sheep hunts down there? No. No way. It's all it's all draw. Well, when you say down here, you mean in the United States? Because in the United States, yeah. Okay, Montana has a over the counter, and it's like a really tough hunt. From what I understand, a lot of the sheep hang on that boundary, and you're just kind of like waiting for them to come over. You know. Oh yeah. From where? So you, oh, oh, I, I see. I, I get what you're saying. Just yeah. to, just to that where it's open where you can hunt them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. like to design more like a deprivation type hunt. Yeah, we got uh, where we border where BC borders the uh borders Montana. Um along that mountain range. I've hunted in there a few times for because I've had goat draws and there's good elk hunting in there. We've seen quite a few sheep up in that area and they, I imagine they must cross back and forth. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's a I think that's a desire, like a highly desired unit though for for a draw. Right. I, I don't remember. I looked into it a couple times just because I'm like, oh, who cares, man? It's a sheep hunt I'm in the lower 48. I'm gonna, you know, apply for it and get it. it's like a hundred percent chance to get the tag, something like that. And um, you know, they they still get sheep every year out yeah. of there, so it's not like a complete yeah. complete loss. We have something like that here for elk in Arizona. There's a couple over the counter tags, but they're very specific parts of units where they don't want elk in, but they're there. And every year there's a guy, you know, shoots a friggin' giant bull because they put the time in or had access to private land. That's the other thing too over here is for that hunt. There's a lot of private land stuff, you know, but that's a, you know, that's one of those things that guy can, if he could figure out, has the time to put into it, you can get a good bull. Yeah. Yeah so yeah cool yeah. all right buddy well it's been good catching up with you I yeah mean, absolutely uh, thank you for having me on yeah man i'm gonna go uh, see if i can rustle up a whitetail but there's still daylight sweet yeah so when uh when is your season end for that tomorrow oh really yeah. oh wow, yeah, you, i'm surprised i'm surprised you even opted to have a have a podcast today well man i was gonna go i i got stuck at work i had to be at work this morning and uh for some reason uh if i'm not there it just doesn't seem like things are getting done i don't know i don't know if it's just me or what but uh anyway. yeah but uh there's still time I, i'm gonna go out all day tomorrow and see if i can rust one up i had a nice huge four by four and uh, i missed him he jumped the string at 45 yards just oh wow yeah i gave him a little haircut well i haven't been whitetail hunting in a while i want to i gotta i gotta go back and hunt whitetail yeah, I, I, it was something I did every year, and it's last like three years I haven't haven't specifically gone for it. I should that story I was telling you about in South Dakota that was actually a whitetail buck that I missed or not right. missed that I wasn't able to draw back on. Yeah, so yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're I, I could have taken a cut. There's some deer I could have taken, but I was pretty specific. And there's this one nice six by six by five I've been chasing, so um, I'm hoping to get him. But anyway, nice. man, it's been good catching up with you. Always likewise. Yeah, I'll uh I'll put all your notes for your show and all that stuff and we're in hell and all that. You don't need to plug it. Everyone knows everyone who listens to my show knows who you are and knows what you got going on. So thank you. Appreciate it. Hey buddy, have a good one. Right. You too. Bye. Okay, guys, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast. It's coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Quick shout out to the sponsors of this show, Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. 
AKU Boots, you owe it to your feet. Now, if you guys go check out the uh, show notes, um, you're going to find some promo codes. Use them. Save a bunch. And uh, if you guys could please leave us a rating or review, we really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, love you guys.